So, hello everybody and welcome to episode 16 of the World Hoppers podcast. I am Shane and I am here with my co-host Delana as well as returning special guest Rob Santos from the Inking Out Loud podcast. Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Yes, we're very happy to have you back. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. So today we will be discussing the second book in the Wax and Wayne series, Shadows of Self. And of course, you're going to be avoiding spoilers for the rest of the Cosmere and also for the rest of this series. So bands and Lost Metal, well, when that comes out. All right, shall we get into... Our yeah. controversial subject for tonight. Yes, I will step <laughs> up talk as about. the defender of Wayne. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? If, if you would like to take 30 seconds, I'm going to go retrieve my husky from outside. All right. I can hear him whining. <laughs> he's probably covered in, he's probably covered in an inch of snow. I'll be right back. One second. Yeah, Duke is doing all right. He's a little, he's a little wet. So he's just drying off now before he can go and access the rest of the house oh with gosh. his wet self and shake off. So Adorable. He's, yeah. Huskies are so sweet and so loud. He's so great. Oh, he's so great. Oh, yeah. I'll have to tell you about his talking after we oh, finish this episode. Absolutely, yes. Speaking of obnoxious talking. <laughs> That's quite the segue. Great transition. Thank you. I completely you. agree that Wayne is like the husky of the group. Ooh, yeah. Wayne, all right, let's let's dive into our yeah. Character. Like of course, Wayne. my like section of the Wayne rant. It's literally the Wayne rant 2.0, and oh it will continue God. to be that way for every single book he's in. Yeah, I my 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 issue with Wayne persists from the first book, and it's just that Brandon is just not subtle with Wayne as a character. When I'm in Wayne's head, I'm fine. The problem is. Being in Wayne's head is about 10% of your experience with that character. And the other 90%, he is a side character and he's interrupting what's going on. And it's funny if you buy into that sort of, in my opinion, low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just, his, his jokes are obnoxious. And on top of that, Brandon needs to make the scene stop. He makes his other characters stop and have to set up Wayne's next joke on top of that. And so it also pulls me out as uh, an interpretive reader, as a podcast mm -hmm. person or whatnot, as a reviewer, because I'm constantly paying attention and it's driving me insane the ways in which Brandon makes our characters stop and intrigue a little more in Wayne's direction and ask him to set up this next joke and it's just like oh my god can we please continue with this there's a rebellion going on the city's on fire can we just go so that's my introduction to this conversation yeah. but I will allow most the floor, of my problems of with Wayne really are the way he treats Darius and that uh, university he's scene he's a jerk mm. Oh, the university scene when he's uh, oh, visiting. Oh, I hate that scene. What? Really? Yeah. When he's like visiting the uh, the girl whom yeah. he's giving the money to. Why do you hate that scene? Because he can't. Like, I know he feels this responsibility. I know. Um, like he. Oh my, whatever. I know he views. This is like well something he has to do. But it's he also can't take the hint from her that he doesn't. I mean, he views this whole thing as a challenge, as an obstacle course that he has to like get past. To yeah. So oh, okay. So you 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 feel yeah. he's perhaps being facetious with this, and that he's not treating it with the like severity that it deserves, and that he's kind of treating it like a game. It's not so much that he's treating it like a game, but. I mean, he sees this as a challenge. Like, I have to get past this obstacle and this obstacle and this obstacle to get it's too to formulaic. Give her the money. No, it's just that he knows it's hard. It's hard. He knows they don't, and it's hard because people don't want him to do this. Aldrian doesn't want him to do this. The receptionist doesn't want him to do this. Even the people guarding the university don't like are an mm. obstacle. And he's continually getting past, trying to find ways to get past it because of the sense of responsibility he has, which, I mean, sure, it, I understand why he has that sense of responsibility. 
it's not that, but that people keep telling him no and he keeps insisting on it. I think, like, okay, I get what you're so, saying. Yeah. Let yeah, me see ahead. if I can try and reword this. Um, because I have the same issue. I think this is another example of Wax not listening to people. Of Wayne, and so, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, Wayne, not listening to people. Um, not that mm. Wax really listens to people either. Yeah, <laughs> They're gotcha. both bad at it. <laughs> That's a good point, um, though, yeah, yeah. But... Wayne definitely does say this as a penance. This is something that he has to do and he knows will cause him pain. Mm-hmm. But he puts his need to have yeah. this penance over the feelings what of what he, yeah. like the girl that he is actually paying penance to. Because she clearly does not want him to do this. She does not like this. Well, she does not feel like this brings her... See... Closure. Yeah. I... I, I I consider that as well, but then there is that final added detail that she still does continue to cash those checks. That are, or, or she still does continue to, you know, take that money. She does take the money. He, he makes note of that. I think she he, does, yeah. He, he uses um, that yeah. to justify the fact that I'm going to continue going there because if she wouldn't, she just wouldn't, she wouldn't cash these checks. Exactly. But that is, that, is, that could be problematic because it that's is. Wayne interpreting her. Mm-hmm. She could still need the money. And he could do something like take it to the front office and say, hey, can you pass this on to X, Y, Z? Like, you don't need to deliver So he's causing her some indirect trauma or direct trauma, actually, because he feels like he needs to punish himself more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's reopening this wound and constantly reminding her. Every single month. Exactly. Of her father's death every month. And so it keeps her from being past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like his bleeding heart is drowning somebody else, perhaps. Exactly. And so that's why I have an issue with mm. the university scene, because I feel like he cares more about his need to do penance than whether or not this is actually helping her. And so it, he is inadvertently harming her at the same mm. time. Yeah. yeah. And everyone is just constantly telling him to stop. And mm-hmm. that's true. On doing that's it. true i mean wayne even like, said, or wax even is like you know you know you don't need to do this and he's yeah. like yeah no i do no. need to do this yeah, and then the mm. front then the lady at the front desk and then Alrian herself if i think that's what her name is yes um, oh gosh her name is Alrian. okay yeah yep. <laughs> also yeah yeah and and then she was like well if you're doing this to me then i'm gonna make you confront what you've done and she shows him the picture like what did you do mm-hmm and wait, wait, so cats take the hit. It's the same thing with Renette, which is frustrating. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, like, yeah. Like, like, Wax, like, I needed to take this to Renette. She lives XYZ. Uh, because he has the plan, like, with the earring, like, for the bullet and all the, these things. Yeah. And he's like, oh, can I take it to her? And Wax is like, no, she will shoot you. This will achieve what I want. Oh, yeah, but that's because she cares. Like, she, I want to. She cares. I want to just. Like, no. No. Four fingers across the face. Just shut up, dude. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, he's he's just so willfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. It's it's it for like. I have another another quote here that pissed me off a little bit. It never was fair. When Wayne borrowed coins off folks, he got yelled at. He did forget to ask sometimes, but he always offered a good trade. So are we to take from this that Wayne literally does not understand the concept of theft? Is this perhaps Brandon leaning into his quirkiness of Wayne a little too? Is this a little I past? Think, I think reason? he's kind of taken it a step too far with Wayne's quirkiness. Um, yeah, I think it also could be Wayne's way of justifying the theft and not really like he doesn't want to admit that like yes he knows it's stealing. And so he's like, what do you mean? I offered a good trade. Like, there, there's no reason for me to be disappointed in myself. He just can't physically entertain the notion yeah. of theft. Like, as a thief? Like, I just, yeah. it's... I think this is another time where I'm sticking with my theory that Wayne understands people incredibly well, but when his own emotions and his own self come mm-hmm. into the picture, yeah. he does not know what to do, and so he completely throws all that out the window. So he doesn't know, know yeah. how to listen to people that don't like it him. tracks. He doesn't know how to like admit to himself that like that is theft. Because if someone else did that, he would like if someone else took something out of his pocket and put something yes. there, he would be like, You just mm-hmm. stole from me. Yes. And so like it's not that he doesn't understand theft, it's that because it's himself, he will not confront that idea. He has this ginormous blind spot. That's what it is about me. It's just like like 
obviously he does understand theft. Yeah. Uh, he does. It's just this is a moment where Brandon needed to make a quirk yeah. that didn't quite track 100%. But then we get these moments where we are inside Wayne's head. Mm-hmm. And I love these moments. I made this point during our last discussion. Like, I, I, I hate Wayne. I'm open about hating Wayne. But I get to ride along in his head and then he entertains me and he impresses me. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, scene where he impersonates uh, Professor Hallinays, or Han- mm-hmm. sorry, Hanlinays, as I read in my e-reader here. It's not pronounced that way in the audiobook. Oh. Um, but Brandon just goes full out on his best demonstration of character through internal monologuing. Uh, and I have the quote here. Getting a good accent was like mixing a paint to match one already on a wall. If you didn't blend just right, the flaws would look much worse than if you had chosen a different color entirely. I love these filtoral views in which we like we, we, we view Scadriel and society as a whole through Wayne's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get outside of his head. And then we have Steris, you know, trying to yeah. level with Wayne. Yeah. And he just cuts her off and he just like walks across the room and he goes and sits down with the constables and he glares at her. And it's like, Oh Wayne, I was just with you. Why are you being a jerk? And I'm going to tie this back to my previous theory. Um, and I will admit, I just looked up Wayne and Starris cause I was trying to remember what exactly like their interactions were like in this book. And yeah. someone pointed out the kind of, I, how he and Wax have this like brother relationship, brotherly relationship, mm-hmm. almost father son relationship at times. Um, but how it, not only does he not understand how th- Starris's brain work, I believe or works because she does mm-hmm. not fit his cookie cutter mold of how the human brain is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he is threatened by her presence because he is no longer Wayne's like closest friend. And so yeah. I can see him trying to drive her yeah. away. And so, yeah, he's feeling threatened. Sure. And sure. so because this is all relating to him, he's not being rational. He's not being like, okay, she's a person mm-hmm. that like her family needs the money or he, technically Wax needs the money. Her family needs the prestige. Like he's not being rational about this at all. He's just going, I don't like her. And so he's reacting very like base level yeah. human instinct yeah. of like, I don't like her. And that's what he does yeah. with everyone that he does not know how to react with. He's like, I mm-hmm. love her, I don't like her, and I'm gonna do this. And he just goes with these really simple beliefs. Yeah. And then and then we're in his head for a chapter like chapter thirteen yeah. where he's in the temple, the metaphor oh, yeah. of the bar as the church oh, and the bartender as so the priest good. and he's anointing yeah. himself in beer. That was so much fun. Yeah. Filtered through his point of view, the world is a beautiful, it's an interesting, it's a wonderful place. Just as long just, as he I, doesn't think about himself. As long as I'm not outside his head having to listen to him throw words into the conversation as we're trying to yeah. focus on something else. That's my discord with Wayne there. <laughs> yeah, and I will admit, like, I, it's kind of one of those things where whenever you can see through, things through Wayne's eyes, you can understand how well he understands the human brain and how we see ourselves yep. and identity. And it's just, as soon as, like, I was reading something and was talking about how Wayne clearly has depression, which I completely agree with. Yeah, Um, many of these. And so part of that is, I think, repressing anything that would lead to that same, like, analyzation of his own emotions and Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. pushing away anyone that would want to. And so he's overly obnoxious as a form of deflecting and not having to really, like, very much using humor as a shield. And I yeah. think Brandon kind of mm-hmm. takes advantage of that a bit too much to make Wayne the funny character. <laughs> yeah. Because yep, using I humor agree. as a shield yep. completely fits within his character. The, to this extent, is it, over the top. Mm-hmm. And so I blame yeah. Brandon I, more for that than I do the character. And I know people sure. who use humor as a shield for, well, a lot. <laughs> and it's very Most different. Most of our like, I mean, Personalities. Yeah, no, but also like for things like in their past, it's complicated. But mm-hmm. like, sure, personalities are different, but it's nowhere near to this extent. Even when it's strange jokes that nobody knows how to respond to, this is just a bit too much, honestly. Yeah. It's a bit over the top, and I think that's more due to Brandon being like, "This is funny, man," and not like <laughs> Wayne's character building. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping yeah, that in The Lost Metal, Brandon... Because Brandon, as we've seen, has kind of improved with the humor 
over, mm-hmm. I think, Stormlight, there's been a few more funny moments in there that aren't, like, this is the funny moment. Um, he's gotten mm-hmm. better at that, yeah. like, pattern and Adolin and people like that. And so I'm hoping that we'll see a bit more of that evolution in the Lost Metal. I, I, I do appreciate the fact that Brandon also gave Wayne the chance to observe his own trauma. Because at one point he was holding a bullet and his mm-hmm. hand started to shake. And Renette was like, oh, for Christ, oh, for Harmony's sake, you know, you're holding a bullet. And then she asked him or, or somebody asked him, what if what if this and this and this and this restrictions were met? Would your, would your hands still shake at that point? And he goes... Oh, I don't know. Actually, that's a really good question. And it gives Wayne this chance and the reader this chance to actually observe what this yeah. means for Wayne, what kind of trauma this is for Wayne. And I think that's going to actually give us a lot more context, a lot more dimension on Wayne in the future. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that, that's a lot of fun. Especially with things that we see in Bands of Mourning that I f- believe mm. we will see how how they bring up his trauma and affect how he deals with that. And so I'm hoping that we can see him dealing with it more directly Mm -hmm. instead of using humor as such a, like, complete Mm -hmm. and total shield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm usually considering this much depth on Wayne at this point. And then I get to a point (laughs) where we're near the end. And then this is, I think, in chapter 23 when things are really ramping up and the, and the city is starting to burn. And Marasi and Wayne and Milan are all together. And I have the quote here. Uh, Wayne suddenly starts to look distant, like he's just discovered something horrifying. Marasi looked at him and then frowned. Wayne, what's wrong? He sat down, shaking his head. Wayne, Marasi said, sound, uh, rising, sounding genuinely concerned. We're building up to this final confrontation in this moment of peril with Pa'alm. Wayne is so horrified by something that he's unable to speak for a moment. And then it turns out to be, I, I thought humans would taste amazing. Not the In this moment, moment, I'm pinching the, the bridge moment. of my nose, and I'm going, oh my god, I'm going, Brandon, this is not the moment, all yeah. right? This is this could be funny in a different context, but when we're at the at this vital moment and you need to stop and just, eh. yeah. There's something else that's irritating me about Wayne, perhaps, or just Brandon's approach to humor. Yeah, okay. In that he constantly feels the need, it seems like he feels the need to explain the joke. In this book, or at this, at yeah. least at this point, um, there there are a few moments. For example, that that stood out in uh, chapter six, for example, where Waxilium is assuring Wayne. He's saying, "I would have shot you," and Wayne is like, "Oh, you really mean it?" Waxilium is like, "Yeah, I would have shot you right in the head." Oh, you're a good friend. And I'm I'm reading that. And I'm going, "Oh, <laughs> that's a little funny." I like that. I can appreciate that. That yeah. But then Wax has to stop and go, you know, you're the only guy I could ever cheer up by promising to kill him. I'm like, oh, Brandon, we got the joke. We got the joke. You don't need to stop and make sure that we got the joke. But And then in this same chapter, just a few pages la- uh, later, they're investigating Idashwi's wrecked little apartment. Mm-hmm. And Wayne mm-hmm. says, oh, he makes an observation. Someday I'd like to live in a fancy place like this. And I'm going, okay. Lol, nice one, Wayne. Nice one, Brandon, too. You didn't need to explain this one either. And then Wayne has to stop and go, or sorry, Wack has to stop and go, Wayne, you live in a mansion, right? And I'm just like, oh, man, <laughs> we got we got the joke. You don't need to stop and make sure, Wax Liam always has to stop and make sure he, re- he repeats the joke for Wayne's audience. Mm. And it's a little transparent and it yeah. drives me a little <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's very different uh, type of humor. Like for example, then for example, like Glenn Cook's humor, where it's just the sarcasm flying left yep. and right. Yeah. Uh, and like sometimes you won't get the joke. It was really funny. Like uh, listening to uh, Thinking Out Loud episodes on the Black Company, Ew. where like Drew cited some line that was funny. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot it about that. Um, that maybe I didn't find this funny at the time, or that I just like went over it. But then I think it is really funny, and so it's not obvious at all it's just part of like the characterization particularly with croaker because he's just so sarcastic all the time and he knows how to use humor like for characterization in a way that like brandon does in such a ham-fisted way and so you compare for example croaker to another analyst much later on who doesn't understand humor the same way as like but has still grown up around the company's like sarcasm and is like 
and so her humor is very, very different uh, than everybody else's. Yeah, trying not to spoil this for a lot of here. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Cook seems to like treat humor more like a setting. It's it's a place in which he brings his characters into, and then he makes them interact in that setting. Whereas Brandon, Brandon seems to treat his his humor more like an an objective noun. It's present mm-hmm. in the scene, and it's it's something that everybody is focusing on and and referring back to. It uh, approaches to humor are something that authors get mm, very, very different from one another. Sanderson is not one that I... I I love many, many things about Sanderson, but his humor doesn't tend to be one of them. I think Glenn Cook is someone who who approaches it from a much more organic, or at least a Mm -hmm. a much more likewise position from mine, I would say. But it's still interesting to to consider their... Come on. (laughs) I'm literally sitting here looking at the Black Company going, oh, God, I I, I want to pick it up now. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling Mm -hmm. to have. It's much better than looking at that and going, oh, crap, I have to get around to that eventually so I can do this or do that. If I ever feel like that, I usually just unhaul the books because I'm like, you know what? I can use this and get a book that I actually want. But... (laughs) Yeah, I think the last I feel book, because um, I have not read The Black Company, but the last book that really made me laugh out loud that I remember is The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, and it's very much not an epic fantasy, but I think it was just mm. kind of a throwaway line by one of the characters, and it was just to underscore like how nerdy she is, because they're dealing with like demons and stuff like that, trying to like kill college students, and she's like, I need a whiteboard for this, and... The main character's like, what, you could go get a magical whiteboard out of the back? And she just stops and looks at her because it's a joke about how they have, like, so many magical things. And she's like, here's a magical yeah. cup. Here's a magical pencil. She's like, what, you can go get a magical whiteboard? And the main the character just stops and looks at her and goes, all whiteboards are magical. And just walks oh, away. Okay. And I was okay. like, yes. Mic drop. I love you. And, yep, like, mic drop. just moments like that where, like, didn't need to be explained. Nothing like that. Just, like... All whiteboards are magical. Four words. I laughed out loud for a while and then explained it to my mom and she proceeded to laugh out loud. And so, like, I just, I feel like Brandon doesn't do that. It's very much a, like, here is joke. We will spend X amount of time on the joke and you will laugh. Yeah. And if yeah. you didn't get it, it's got a very formulaic approach to humor. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. scene to in Stormlight with the dividing by zero joke takes so long to explain. Oh and it shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it needs so much context. I like that one though because it, it, it's a great joke. Because but, it takes oh my so god, long it takes explain. so long to explain. <laughs> yeah, um, Ilana. Last time, I believe, last time you brought this up. This is this is a something that occurred to me more in this novel. And this okay. is Waxillium's tendency to latch onto answers that we don't have a full explanation yes. for or don't quite make sense. Um, in there's a moment later in the book, uh, near the very end, where mm. Wax arrives at some ex- extreme but accurate still conclusions that we just don't have entirely like believable evidence for. Uh, he figures out the identity of Palm mm-hmm. because he taps the windowsill in the governor's office and he feels a squish and there's bubblegum there. And somehow this leads him down this mental path of, oh my god, it's the governor! It just, it, it doesn't seem believable that this chewed wad of bubblegum on the windowsill is somehow this catalyst for this revelation. Because yeah. it doesn't quite make sense when you're in there and observing the paragraph. But even more, Wax spins around in this moment and Paalm has got the gun on him. Mm-hmm. So not only did Wax arrive at this revelation in this moment, this very reaching revelation, mm-hmm. but Paalm was able somehow in this moment to recognize that he also just figured it out as well. It just... It, there's not enough substance there to make these connections for me. And so it kind of, again, as a, as an observant person who wants to talk about this on a podcast, it drives me out a little bit. Yeah. And it makes me go, hmm, here's another note, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know why my brain is immediately coming up with, like, defenses about this. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, and I think this is one thing that would work better on screen than in a book. Because I almost want, because again, we're coming back to the adaptation because in my mind, this is kind of like a movie. Just the way it's written, it's very, it has a very cinematic feel, at least for me. And so mm-hmm. 
it makes me think a lot of BBC Sherlock and the mm. way that he will look at something and then they'll have the words and connections like yeah. pop up on the screen so that you can physically see it. And so if they could do that to where you they can at least put keywords to make yeah. you feel like, okay, there's a, he's connecting the dots. I feel like that would work very well on screen where like he walks up and it's like, the bubble gum and he's staring at the bubble gum and it's like, okay, it could be a shaky cam. Here's the connections. Yeah. And so I don't think it works as well in the book. And I feel like he wax very much feels like a Sherlock character to me, like a Sherlock Holmes. He's very good at what he does. He's making all these connections that no one else can make. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Brandon needs to find a better way to represent that in the text instead of just expecting us to see these connections. You know, what it is about text, I think it's because text is interpreted at the at the the reader's speed. Mm. On on a screen, it's 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 entirely up to whoever is editing, whoever is the director. True. It's going at a set consistent pace whereas the reader is interpreting and making all these connections at their own pace. Mm. And so this is playing out in a very different speed in their head. So Agreed. Yeah, that's 100% true. Mm. Um like, I'm not a huge film fan. I don't watch a ton of TV anymore. So, like, that's not something that I'm, like, I don't know a lot about cinematography and stuff. So, amazing connection. Um, I do think, and again, this is one of those things where I can explain the governor already, or Palm already having the gun out. And that can be explained by it's Lessie. And so she knows... She knows Waxillium enough. So well that the second he pauses... Oh, like, if I like we could, that. Like, just, I'm thinking of the framing of it. And if you could be shooting from outside the window, he touches the gum, and you can see as he kind of freezes for a second, and she immediately reaches for her gun. And it's like, that's the moment. She knows that. This is where Lessie knows that freeze. Oh, Ilana, you just blew my mind. Like, I still... I don't love that we don't get the connections as much, but I understand, like, cinematically how that would work, Mm -hmm. and I love it. So. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It also reminds cool. me of a complaint you had when uh, you were doing your Dresden episodes on Inking Out Loud of how like Uh-oh. Dresden seemed to figure out all <laughs> Which these one things. Of the th- <laughs> Lots of them. But it came up recurrently like how Dresden seemed to figure out all these things and he wasn't telling the reader how he figured out all these yes. things. And it was very frustrating to you. And I, de- I definitely agree that it's uh, really frustrating. Right. Yeah. Um, because you can't see the character making the connections, but the character made the connection and you don't understand how they got there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So This is like kind of opposite of uh, dramatic irony in which yeah. you understand something mm-hmm. that the character doesn't, but there are points in which the character understands something. You just have to take them on faith and it's like, oh, it, it, okay. Well, yeah. I wish I would have gotten a little more than that, a little more substance than that, but it's forgivable in a book that's got as many redeeming qualities, I think, as this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't love Wax just, like, monologuing at times, but I do think this is one of those things where, again, going back to kind of a Sherlock reference, um, there's a lot of times where you get your Watson and kind of, like, the Wayne character being like, okay, how did you make that connection? And so then that gives the character an opportunity to explain, well, I thought of the bubblegum and the bubblegum made me think of this and then I thought of that. And if we could just get like that later on, then I could be like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense as a connection. And so it's just, I wish we got at least a small amount of explanation like that, even if it is just yeah. like a throwaway, like, oh yeah, I did this, this and yeah. this and got there. Yeah, So book's small enough. You could spare, <laughs> uh, you know, 400 words. <laughs> Brandon, that's like 30 seconds for you, isn't Honestly, it? Honestly, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you just All released right. five mm-hmm. secret books. Like, you yeah. can give us three sentences. Yeah. But then again, we're talking to Brandon, you know, circa 2015. Yeah. But at the same time, he's still Brandon. And he so again, I'm I'm hoping this is something that we get a bit more of an explanation on with Lost Metal. Um, but this was also, like, a simple enough plot. Like, there's one plot line, and that is Lessie slash Palm slash Bleeder slash whoever else she was playing, the governor. And so once you Nate, take care yeah. of that, that's like the connection that has to be made and everything else falls into place. Mm. And so it's not as complex as tracking down Miles and also figuring out that his uncle is alive and, and, and. So and, I didn't and, mind yeah. that. Get you. I get you. I have uh, I have some predictions about the future Ooh. going forward. Yes. Uh, if, if we're all done about our characters as a whole. Um, yeah, I think so, else? pretty much. Um... I mean, we could talk a bit more about Lessie. Uh, on the end, yeah. But 
I mean, there's not much to say except she's Lessie, she's gone mad, and she's under the control yep. of someone else. This next point that I have is really dumb. I promise <laughs> it's dumb. And it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. But for the same... For, for, oh, come on. For We've some made reason, worse points, I'm sure. We find out... Oh, let, let's see here. We find out that Wayne, and I quote, can't smell worth a heap of beans. Okay. Okay. Now, putting aside just how a blood maker of all things can't seem to heal their sense of smell, it just struck me as an odd detail to include. I can't remember if it felt like Wayne was trying to, like, maybe force a, a joke at the time, but I, I feel like this could turn out to be a hint later on. Hmm. I think it'd be really neat for a Chandra to make the mistake of trying to impersonate Wayne in front of Wax and then make the fatal <sighs> error of fun. commenting about a smell. And then Wax would be like, bruh? Come again? What did you What did you say, Wayne? And then it goes all downhill from there. I just feel like that would be cool. But it would be fun. I maybe I may be zeroing in. I'm probably focusing in on nothing. I know. I mean, that's such a throwaway line to, that it's exactly. got to be there for some reason. Brandon has taught me he's to, to yeah. just not throw away anything, no matter how seemingly insignificant. So I'm going to cast a wide net. Unless I would rather, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he could throw a bunch of stuff that's unimportant, but just to obfuscate what he's doing, mm -hmm. I'm going to cast as wide an end as possible and try to capture everything. That way, hopefully it's in there. I Somewhere. Okay, why is my brain constantly trying to make the, like all of Mistborn Era 2 into a movie? Because I can just <laughs> picture like him uh -huh. being like, wow, that smells bad, huh, dude? And Wax just like looking at him and then just flicking off the safety of his gun, if they have safeties, yes. that, or like cocking it and being like, what was that? And like, just the tension. Like, yes. I, I hope we get mm -hmm. that scene. Just his cocking of the pistol as it's pointing down a little yeah. just like, super macro on his thumb. That'd be excuse nice. Excuse me? And yeah. I, like, I, I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So, like I said, could yeah. be dumb, but I'm oh, just Oh, and you know Brandon can't like, stay away from an Among Us plot. He loves them. Oh, no. it, There's constantly an impersonator. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody sus. I keep bringing that up on Inking Out Loud. Yes. I think I've brought up the term sus no less yep, than a yep, dozen times. Yep. I mean, but it's a good it's term. There. It was and all over the more episodes. Yeah. work, always, there's always someone sus. You know, like, uh, I found sus in a, in, a, in a book recently that was like an older book. What was it? I think I recorded an episode with Drew like three or four or five weeks ago where I found sus in a book that was like 20 or 30 years old. Uh, I think I want to say it was Dark Lord of Dirkholm. All right, then. I, I don't know Maybe. if it was that book entirely, but I, I remember bringing up the point saying, knows. this is sus. I thought this was a term that was new, but it's like 30 years old. Huh. I can't remember which book that was, but yeah. Yeah, I get that. All right, then. Interesting. I <laughs> I find it really cool whenever books use slang. Like, I know that um, like the Locked Tomb trilogy is super controversial because... Tamsamir just like packed it full of like memes and current references and everyone's oh, like this God. is gonna yeah. age so poorly and it's like I, I honestly don't think it will because she referenced things like the fancy S that like all kids knew how to draw yes I did that in fifth grade exactly I'll do it right and now. it's like and that's honestly go. kind of timeless at this point because everyone's she describes it as like this weird S shape and everyone's like I know what that is you mean that right there? 100% yes, that. <laughs> that. Right there? Yeah. See? And like, I will still, I get bored and I just draw that. And it's such <laughs> a like thing. And so I don't think it will age poorly because either it's a weird thing that a character has said that you don't notice or you get the meme. And yeah. so yeah, I, I'm so a fan of So long as it isn't ubiquitous a la parkour. <laughs> oh. Oh, I mean... <laughs> She Don't made go a... there, Shay. <laughs> what are you doing? I just felt the triggering. Oh my god. I mean, she made a wake me up inside <laughs> reference. You'll um, no, you'll see what you see what I mean with that reference in literature oh when gosh. you get uh, later in Dresden. Great. I have that yep. to look forward to. Yep. Uh, um, Sophie Tarksell. This girl. This young woman who's the world's biggest got the world's biggest chip on her shoulder for her father's death and his inventions oh, going yes. unrewarded oh, or he was yeah. stolen. 
Yep. We see her inventions popping up all over the world in Era 2. Mm-hmm. I would predict that Era 3 of Mistborn is going to have some sort of giant tech corporation called Tarxil Industries oh. or something. Yeah, and they're going to be me. a big player. I I wouldn't be Okay. So if I'm remembering correctly, Wayne is impersonating the guy that stole mm-hmm. Yes, you got like, that. All of her Professor Hallanays. Yeah. Yep. And she slaps him at the party. And then doesn't he like agree that he stole it or something and like give her money or something like that? Uh, at the at the at end the of this end, book, she meets her. Yeah. He yeah, he meets her and he and he uh in in just looking like Wayne her. and he says, "Hey, aren't you Sophie Tarksell, the daughter of the guy that invented that thing?" And then he asks her, "Oh, hey, do you need some money?" And she's like, yeah, and then she just pulls him aside and goes to talk to him. So yeah, I feel like so, in Era 3, there's going to be, like, some reference to, like, a mysterious benefactor. And yes. And it's going to be Wayne. And <laughs> they're going to have some really odd demands for some reason. Yeah, and they're going yeah. to, like, use it as a reference to, like, well, that's an odd request. And they're like, well, isn't that just a Wayne request yeah. or something like that? And yeah, just, like, High Imperial is totally spook. Yeah. Oh, Hyperion right? is amazing. Okay, that's okay. That reminds me. One thing I wanted to ask because, like, they make a point to say there's no Mistborns. Did Spook not have children or something? Because he had many, 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 exactly. many children, so, but none of them are Mistborn because that says it. I believe changed the DNA or the spiritual okay. DNA. Oh, and also like uh, genetics. Like it's been a long time. So because I mean, they made it's a point diluted. of making Spook like. The, a Mistborn, and isn't he referred to as yep. like Lord Mistborn or something like that? Like yep. he is the yep. Mistborn, and so I'm He's just sitting the one, here, the last one like, how did he not? Like Spook had children. Knowing Spook, he had children. No, he had oh, many, yeah. many, many. Children. Those are all the people that they're kidnapping, exactly. uh, suspecting you know that they have elementic powers. They all root back to the Lord Mistborn, who is Spook. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. I guess Sazed was like, no, the Mistborn are too powerful. We can't let this happen again. Um, yeah. Weird thing for Sazed to do, but okay. Well, we get the impression that Seiza did that with a consultation, I think, of Kelsier oh. at the end. Or Spook. Don't don't quote me on that. I don't know that for certain. I That's, really need to read I Secret History. <laughs> to remember that. Because he definitely made Spook uh, Mistborn on consultation yeah. with Kelsier. Like, like, this is Kelsier's final gift. You can thank Kelsier for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. after that... I always thought that was kind no of, more. like, just a... I, no, I guess I didn't think it was a joke. Um... I just didn't think that he would got, like, that much in-depth consultation. But, I mean, that makes sense. And, like, there's it makes sure that... that because they say that there's no been no full Farukamis either. So it makes sure that you can't have, like, another yeah. Lord Ruler. Yeah. Yeah, because you need to combine them. Yeah, I get, there was, mm-hmm. I get the impression there was a lot of interaction after Secret History that we just don't know yet. So. Yeah. 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 I, I'm going to read that tonight. I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no problem at all. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, we we learn that there are terrace fundamentalists in the mountains. Wayne is talking yes. about accents with Milan. So if the terrace town inside mm-hmm. Ellendale is not what they're referring to by fundamentalists, there's got to be some very, very interesting people out in the mm-hmm. mountains that I would love to get a glimpse from. Oh, yeah. At some point. Because the Terrace, as we know in Era 1, even the ancient Terrace before them have some very realmatic knowledge that we would love to get our hands on, our fingers on as readers. And now we learn that there are Terrace fundamentalists in some mountains that are way more in-depth than, like, the ones inside Ellendale in their little town. So that's that's very interesting. I would just love to have a conversation with one of them for an hour. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we'll see more of them in the lost metal because we get this kind of hint that there's going to be more ferrochemical stuff going on not oh, hopefully um uh hemallergical mm-hmm. stuff going on with trell and all that that there seems to be this connection with hemallergy and everything that's happening and so i'm hoping that there will be kind of a thing where they go to the terrace in the city to like ask for like help and like look do you know any of this and then and they're they like just mobilize no but <laughs> go go talk to this person over there they know Ooh. some things and so then they have to like travel there and see what's going on because i feel like even just understanding realmatic theory because i don't think they have that much of an in-depth understanding just like the general populace and so coming to understand hemology that would be very important and so even if um, Marsh is just like, hey, 
you need to go talk to the terrorists in the mountains. They know what's happening. Like, I think that would be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mm-hmm. feel like these terrorist fundamentalists might know things that, like, Rashik's generation might have known. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's like, ooh, yeah. interesting. What has subsisted there? Because, I mean, uh, like, Sazed had a vested interest in passing on terrorist knowledge because he was only yeah. searching for, like, the terrorist religion. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he restored a lot of the previous terrorist culture whenever he ascended and, like, terrorist knowledge they had. So, like, if that's what they're going off of, then, like, oh, my God, (laughs) they know so much. That's why I'm so interested. Yeah. No, that would be fascinating. So I really hope that comes up in The Lost Metal. And if not, then in Era 3. There's so much world building stuff that I I want to come up. So, Brandon, I don't know why he doesn't even want to explore... Shout out to our friend Cal who keeps bringing this up. How Brandon always keeps making his protagonist characters who can fly, and he doesn't like he hasn't explored uh, the new parts of the magic system as much as um, you'd like. And, and he has a point. I'd love to see um, like all these new parts of the magic system, like like from elementary to Farukami to even the strange things that are mentioned in the Hemology chart, like. I want to know, and well, plans for Euro 3 have changed lots of times, but I'm hoping that what Brandon has said in WOBS, even if they're a long time ago, about uh, that protagonist and the fact that they're, I don't remember which one it is, but they're definitely supposed to have one of the new powers. Oh, nice. That we haven't uh, like really seen in a character. I hope that will give us the chance to explore that. I just think it's because I want to know more. I think it's just manifest something about human expectation and human enjoyment in stories, and that mm-hmm. having somebody who's able to fly just strikes something so deep in in us. That's mm-hmm. so much fun, and that's mm-hmm. something that's so, something that we all yearn for in such a basic way that it's kind of hard to get around. I would yeah. imagine. You have to have a character. You, you kind of... It's almost due in a fantasy story that you have somebody who's able to fly in some way. Uh, it's it's interesting to, to consider that th- there's other characters who could get around that mm-hmm. or who could approach that with something that's slightly different or something fresh. But at the same time, I feel like if that's what makes Brandon comfortable as a human, as somebody who's writing a story that's organic and exciting to them, I 100% still support it. And I, I, I kind of really don't care about the reasoning in this particular case. Yeah, and plus I think also just with the way that the powers in Mistborn have changed over the eras, he set, like, we have, like, the all-powerful Mistborns in Era 1, where, like, Vin mm. and Kelsier are almost unbeatable with being able to burn every metal. They can do whatever they want. And so when you take that away in Era 2, I feel like he needed to stick to something that we can at least have similar expectations for. True. And he set up being able to yeah, fly yeah. as such an important part of being Mistborn that if he went into this and was like, oh yeah, none of the characters can fly, I think we would have all been like, what? And like have, trying to wrap your brain around how you only have like now at most two powers is such a big difference that he was trying to stick with something that felt familiar. Mm, and yeah. so by doing that, I think point. he's kind of set this up to where if it doesn't change too much, like they just keep discovering new things, but you can only have up to two things, then I think it would make sense to like step away from a character that can fly. But sticking to something that was familiar enough that we don't like immediately reject this mm. person as like, this is too different. This isn't Mistborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that could work. Um, but I also agree that, like, there always seems to be at least one character per series that can fly. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I don't have an issue with that. That, like, you ask most of the... Po- you ask anyone and, like, what super- <laughs> yeah. superpower they would have, I'd say 90% of your answers would be to fly. Because uh, that's just yeah. such a magical idea. And so, yeah. I, I don't really have much of an issue with it. I know Cal yeah, is very annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Nice it's funny. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about everything in Shadows yeah. of Self that I have to talk about. There's so much yeah. more that I wanted to talk about, but it's like, oh, we're going to wait until Bands of Morning and I can just unleash everything. Yeah. So, so half my notes bands. are just being passed on to next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, anything yeah, I else, I guess? If there was anything else, like, world-building-wise that we couldn't get to last episode that you wanted to talk about? Because we've talked about most of it. 
Well, Sazed in this episode for the first time brings up, I should say Sazed, uh, Harmony brings up for the first time um, the possibility of other areas being uh, invested and other areas progressing beyond the Allendale Basin and others who he hasn't been so easy on who haven't had a perfect world to progress. This is something that I that I picked up right away in chapter 7 as soon as I got this book. I'm like, "What? Others who you haven't helped? This 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 whole oh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. area is behind. They should have had the radio a century ago. What is going on here?" Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and this is something that I picked up a lot on and I in even in Shadows of Self in October of 2015, I think when this came out. Uh, I was like, "Uh-oh. There's some big <laughs> things happening with that southern hemisphere coming along." Yeah, and I mean, that's something I complain about a lot in um, Era 1, is how we only get, like, this specific hemisphere, and we don't know anything of- we get, like, the North Pole, and that's it. Basically it, And yep. I'm, yep. like, I was freaking out, because I'm like, we don't know what's happening anywhere else. I remember that. And so I remember being so frustrated, because, like, afterwards you get to see, like, Spook and everyone, like, emerging from the ground, and they're like, oh, yeah, yep. everything's great, we're all in one place. And I'm like- what happened to the people in yep. the South? Like, did yep. the entire world just change and they have no context for anything that happened? And so when, like, I'm like, says it, how could you pick favorites like this? Like, I get, like, that's not in your character. So this is weird because your goal is to help everyone as much as you possibly can. And so the fact that you're just like, these are my favorites. They will well, have perfect here's lives. This thing. I saw this theory about harmony in that, there may be this altered alternate side discord and oh. that that says it is not entirely able to restrain or control and that it's this natural outgrowth this natural manifestation in the dissonance between his perfect ideal and what these two would want to be on their average and that there may be this extenuating part that is acting of harmony outside of says consciousness or awareness interesting I don't subscribe to that belief at all i just found this out today while i was doing some very rushed and very quick research before this uh episode went live but i thought it was something worth bringing up here yeah i will i was just about to say i feel like there might be some amount of balancing with how much how involved he's been mm-hmm. with making this life perfect for ellendell and like making yep. everything perfect for ellendell and so because we see such an important balance between preservation and ruin, if there is some sort of balancing thing, even if it isn't like an entire shard mm-hmm. like Discord, um, but like just like if he does this, he has to pay the price by doing this. I wouldn't be surprised. I I would like to kind of get say his perspective on this, it, like and get more information on what was going on there because it doesn't feel like a Sazed thing to be willing to pay the price with other people's lives in order to make something else perfect. And so I wonder if that's the Shard's influence, if this is kind of where his personality has to take a step back, or what's going on there. Like, I'm very curious. But yeah, it's... Yeah. So many he even, things. He, he refers to them at the, at the end. He said, you, do, you don't explore, Harmony continued, ex- ignoring Wax's confusion. Why would you? You have everything you want here. You've barely progressed technologically from what I gave you in the books. Yet others, who were nearly destroyed... He just leaves off with an ellipsis there. He's, he's very clearly referring to this other population, but we just don't have any context for it at this point in the series. So Brandon leaves enough open going forward... Yeah. yeah, and it's such there's a, a lot of nice foreshadowing in this book. Yeah, it's just it's such a difference from like the Stormlight Archive, where there's literally one continent, and like mm-hmm. we know everyone on that one continent except for like maybe the one group behind the mountains, but that's about it. And so yeah. having this whole thing of like you haven't even left this one area because you haven't felt the need to is so jarring coming from Stormlight Archive where they're, like, constantly Mm. hopping between countries and dealing with all these different cultures. And here it's like, no, no, we are happy in our little 19th century England area. They're nice little placated. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Civilization. Like, why would we ever need to leave? And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, (laughs) huh? Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see Brandon do a slightly different take on this and not just have, like, another Stormlight Archive type thing going on. Yeah. 100%. I agree. 
I yeah, Shadows of Self is hard to talk about because the, the plot isn't overly complex, but there's so much foreshadowing into what happens next. And that gets yep. so deep into Cosmere stuff that it gets yeah. a bit difficult. Yeah, but it's forgivable because it's Brandon's book. Yeah, yeah. the fact that we couldn't even like keep... We're like, okay, fine, Cosmere. <laughs> we'll section this off. Oh my gosh. Because it's all the place. Yeah. But yeah, so if you want to like actually hear us have in-depth <laughs> discussions about anything, come back next episode. Um, we'll see you then. Oh, and yeah. We can actually talk about things. Yes, and plus, you'll get lots and lots of speculation for Lost Metal. And we will be having the Wax and Wayne rant, like... 3.0. Where you get Iwana's true feelings about wax. Yep. I won't have to hold anything back. Actually, I I will probably have a big diagram on this big whiteboard in here. Oh, I'm going to be making lists. I'm going to try and check it out before we, like, from the library again, before we do this again, so that I have Mm -hmm. all of my notes. You have more time this time. It'll be like the great Um, debate. Yes. We have. like we don't have to hold instead any, of one. No so. pulling any punches anymore. Like nope. exactly. Oh. Not on Wayne, a blood maker. He can sustain anything. So <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah, I'll try not to hurt wax too much. We'll see. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this has been right. a lot of fun, and we're yep. always glad to it have you on the podcast. Yeah. Like, thank you so thank much you for having me. For joining our tiny little community, we are very happy. Oh, it's to be yeah. graced so great. with the presence of the great Inking Out Loud host. Oh my goodness, this is too much. It, yeah, it's, I'm it's, actually as soon as I finish this, I'm, I'm going to go listen to your episode on Slow Regard of Silent Things. Go do that; they're so good. Yeah, if you like, uh, if you like, you know, sci-fi and fantasy books, and you like listening to two nerds argue about what parts <laughs> of books are best and which parts of books are worst, you know, that's that's what Drew and, and I do. Funny because yeah. you have such different tastes in books and some things you're, you're very much like plot spectacle yeah just Drew and so I can much, be very, very character focused opposed on some so. things but we're, we, we've been friends for like 15 years so we can pretty much say and do whatever at one another and it's it's a lot of fun so yeah thank you guys for having yeah. this has been awesome I cannot wait until we get on to Bands of Mourning and I can oh, just oh, say yes. kind of whatever the hell I want to say <laughs> yep. and yeah. including my bitching about what Drew has dangled in front of me it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> So, oh my goodness. Oh, I feel yeah. like after this, we're going to have to have Drew on for another episode so that he can, like, defend himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seriously. It's, it's only fair oh at this gosh. point. So, yeah. But, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a yeah. lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. If you ever get tired of listening to us talk about Brandon Sanderson and want to listen to other people talk about other books, we absolutely recommend Inky right Yeah. Yes. You're responsible for, like... Half my TBR at this point. Oh, I know. And you're That's probably responsible here. for about half of the Discord's TBR. Because once Shay and Cal get into <laughs> no it, kidding. they just kind of drag mm-hmm. the rest of us in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny because... That's good. Like, it's I get dance to... puppets. Yeah. <laughs> They're like on the Discord, so, like, like, here's Black Company reference after Black Company reference after Black <laughs> Company reference. And everyone's like, I just want to open game. the spoiler bars. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know like at least yeah. three people have picked up the Black Company just because Shay mm-hmm. and Cal have been talking about it so yep. much on the Discord. <laughs> Sweet, fine sweet. i'll pick I it i look up. forward to those reactions in yeah. final awesome oh yeah gosh. and it, it, it's yeah. it's funny because like i started kate and the, i was like what do you do you think i'd enjoy kate and i was like you'd really enjoy kate and so it just dragged him along too <laughs> and so now we're dragging everybody else along yeah once yeah. those two go it, it's it's <laughs> over for the rest of us we have no choice Oh, yeah. Hey, you did there, the same thing to me with Elric, so... There is a quote from I Kane didn't. that I'm going to get tattooed on myself at some point. Well, Cal, and then Cal yeah. convinced everybody. And then Don't like, blame Fine. me for Elric. Cal goes, I'm going to send you yeah. a free book. I'm like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> no kidding. <He's> like, <laughs> nope, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I cannot be blamed for his Elric madness. Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... I have a feel, like, from what he said, I have a feeling you'd love that series. Right on. Okay. Yeah. So you can follow us and contact us on our social media. Of course, links are in the show notes. Join the Discord. It's a lot of fun. And, I mean, this is a great time to be a fan of Brandon. You're going to find lots of discussion about that on the Discord. Thank God it's not as crazy uh, as the shard. Otherwise, I I don't know what I'd do. Because it's nowhere near as crazy. So, anyway. uh, Tell us your feedback. Ask us your questions. We love to hear your thoughts. I forgot about... Asking yeah, listener questions for this questions, one. But 
But I feel Ooh. like a lot of them would have yeah. related to Bands of Mourning anyway. Yeah, so. probably. Mm-hmm. So we'll include yeah. it next time. Yeah, cool. just send, Mega. Don't forget to send them in for the next one. Right. Sweet. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, support us on Kofi. It helps us keep improving. It helps Ilana's job as an editor yes. easier. I've done that. Support. Oh, yeah. I want to say yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, Rob. Well, like, we put a thank you in our Rhythm of War episode and then realized that won't go out for like a year. So, <laughs> a year thank really you so year. much. <laughs> A year oh, no, from now, they'll be like, "Thank I you so that. much, Rob." It's it's only because like like I have been there in that moment oh, where it's been God. like, "Oh, this has happened." Well, the show goes on. Yeah, I, it's mm. I, it's just it strikes a chord to me, so it, it feels yeah. good to be able to like try and assuage that. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and a five star review on any platform you listen on. I know that Spotify finally has ratings Hell like yeah. available. So it will definitely be useful uh, for discoverability. And, well, share the podcast with any other Brandonson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brandonson. Oh, is my he, gosh. Is he Icelandic? Oh. No. I'm so proud right now. Oh, my God. Always happens. Brandonson. Always. <laughs> oh, my God. Sounds like... Oh, okay. Sounds so posh. Anyway, Brandon Sanderson, so, fans, you know. Brandonson. Um, we know it's complicated to explain all this there, because there's a lot. Uh, there's going to be even more next year, but hopefully we can help out with that. Next Heck year yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening and remember journey before destination. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Editing Ilana here, and I just wanted to let you all know that this is where we start talking about Cosmere spoilers for the rest of the episode. So if you don't want to listen to that, this is probably where you should stop listening. We really appreciate you, and we hope that you enjoyed what you have heard so far. I mean, there's not much to say except she's Lessie, she's gone mad, and she's under the control yep. of someone else. I don't know if we know that that's... Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad no, we you know brought it's that up. the control of someone else. Who? We have no idea. Yeah, Even there's, there's some... Even by bands. Yeah, there's clearly some interference on Scadrill going on mm-hmm. from... Other shards. So himself, so. It's as good as confirmed that autonomy is behind a lot of it. I say as good yeah. as confirmed. Oh, um, I did not know that. That is fascinating. I'll say that, I'll say that I mean, my wobs are outdated as of probably 2016, no, 2017. So. Look, all the wobs are pointing at autonomy. Just yeah. every single thing. Even yeah. the description for the lost metal is pointing That's what at I mean. autonomy. It's as good so. as confirmed. But I still want to make the case that it's more complicated than that. I believe autonomy is the main, yeah, okay, the main antagonist, the main driving force, perhaps, for lack of a better term. But there's some suspicious odium-like interference going on here. Oh, that ties it to a theory. Mm -hmm. I haven't been following Wobs, like I said, for a while now, but okay. First off, I'm going to say we have red. The spots in the metal, the tinge Mm -hmm. of color. We're thinking odium or corrupted investiture more accurately perhaps but our characters what our characters are feeling seems to be rising more of the, <laughs> raising more of these red flags if you'll forgive that expression <laughs> as well um for example when waxillium learns at the very end in, in this huge moment of culmination that lessie was paalm all along and mm-hmm. he's just killed her again he's holding her body as it grows cold and i have the quote there in his lap he stared at her body it kept its shape her shape he clutched her and let out a low-pitched howl from deep within, a raw shout that echoed into the night. It seemed to drive the mists back. Mm. Yeah, I do remember that. So we've seen the mists driven back or repelled by outside influences before. You know, that shout was also, as I said, pulled from deep within. How deep within, Brandon? Spirit web deep? And of course, even better, you didn't tell me? Wax spat. He's talking to Tensoon, his grip tight. Mm-hmm. Hatred. He didn't think he'd ever felt hatred so intense as he did at that moment. Yep. And I mean, I think, 
Odium's doing some infecting oh. of the hearts of and, men on more than just Roshar. So just we know Odium was so. working with autonomy, or well, was eh, the double cross wob, but we know they get along well, so. Yeah, so can you remind me of where this stands in the timeline between Roshar and... This is between it's Stormlight between Arcs between Stormlight and 5 and 6. Yeah, yeah. so between Stormlight oh, 5, okay. the ending of Stormlight 5, and the beginning of Stormlight Sis, mm-hmm. uh, 6, this is in between. Well, that fits mm-hmm. with one of my theories that we just mm-hmm. discussed yeah. in the Rhythm of yeah. the episode. Um, so that's a scary confirmation. Um, yeah. Or not confirmation, well, but perhaps I mean, a bit of substantiation. <laughs> yeah, I just, this is yeah. kind of the Corroborating basis. evidence, evidence yeah. for somebody in STEM, yes. I see, <laughs> yes, I see a lot of theories that kind of have the same ending as mine, and it, this really seems to fit with that. And so now I'm like, oh, oh dear, I was really kind of hoping that this theory wouldn't play out. But, yep. okay. Hatred. Yeah. He'd never felt hatred so intense at this yeah, moment. Yeah, and it and also this... reminds me mm. of this comment that Miles had at, mm. at the beginning. We'll probably just record it after the thing. Like, okay, tiny bit of speculation because just in case. Anyway, yeah. uh, Miles had in Alloy of Law. I think Drew's brought this up before too, and I definitely agree with that. And I went all this whole thing trying to find the quote from uh, Stormlight that connected to this but this um like the men of red and gold mm-hmm. and how this related you probably remember that from our old bringer episodes yeah. and how this yeah. relates um to i mean the Ariali, but also the sailors on the infinite sea it has these whole lot of potential connections and well also we know that um miles follows trell Right. Yes. He mentions him by name Trellism. in mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if we had gotten the name Trell, but yes. Yeah, he mentions that was the uh, last Trell word by in name in Alloy. He yeah. mentioned Trell by name in Alloy, and that was the last word in this and book was who or what was Trell. We have references of Trell in Era One as well. Right, but it's Trellagism instead of yeah, Trellism. It's, a, it's, it's true. I, not I remember as conclusive. Mm-hmm. But like there are all these things. And so if the theory turns out to be true and Trell is autonomy, and autonomy is working with Odium because we know they get along from the epigraphs and Stormlight. Uh-huh. And, well, sure, Odium may have double-crossed autonomy if things went differently, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was a, well, from the spoiler stream, I think, yeah. But I mean, based um, off of the term autonomy, but, I wouldn't be surprised if autonomy, like, takes Odium back because, like, yeah, you, everyone has their right to double-cross people, like... You're all working for yourselves, so why wouldn't also you? Also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, autonomy has like all these avatars and things, and yes. so all those clues are just pointing mm. that Trell is autonomy. Like even the description for the lost metal, uh, just is like the city has fallen under the influence of Trell, and oh, I haven't seen the synopsis. Uh, look, the synopsis. I'm just gonna read it and oh. then. Maybe okay. Okay, okay, read it, yes. Um, so, for years, frontier lawman turned big city senator Wax William Ladrian has hunted the shadowy organization, The Set, with his late uncle and sister among their s- leaders since they started kidnapping people with the power of allomancy in their bloodlines. When, they, when Detective Morassi Combs and her partner Wayne find stockpiled weapons bound for the outer city of Bilming, it, this opens a new lead. Conflict between Elendil and the outer cities only favors the set, and their tendrils now reach the Elendil Senate, where corruption, wax, and stairs have sought to expose and build me. Wait, what? Whose corruption, wax, and stairs have even sought to expose? And Bilming is even more entangled. After Wax discovers a new type of explosive that can unleash unprecedented destruction and realizes that the set must already have it, an immortal Chandra serving Scadrial's god reveals that Harmony's power is blocked in Bilming. That means that the city has fallen under the influence of another god, Trell, worshipped by the set. And Trell isn't the only factor at play from the larger Cosmere. Morassi is recruited by offworlders with strange abilities who claim their goal is to protect Scadrial at any cost. Harmony's vision of future possibilities comes to an abrupt halt tomorrow night, with only blackness after that. It's a race against time and Wax must choose whether to set aside his rocky relationship with God and once again become the sword... Sword, capital S, uh, that Harmony has groomed him to be. 
if no one steps forward to be the heroes Gadriel needs, the planet and its millions of people will come to a sudden and calamitous ruin. Oh my god. Uh, (laughs) There's so many things that are inappropriate that I want to say right now that I will not utter on thine podcast. (laughs) But, wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember the day this came out. Is at least, because it's coming out before Stormlight 5, I can say that at least I don't think Shallan will be a world topper here. (laughs) And I am grateful for that because they were like people from off world and I'm like, no. I have my own suspicions as to who that's referring to. We'll talk about this off the cast because that is straying way too far into Cosmere spoilers than we already have. I'm fully getting caught up about Shallan, but that's just, I don't want her to be a world hopper. (laughs) And, uh, (sighs) gosh.